This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you're thinking about giving therapy a try, check out BetterHelp. It's entirely online, convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You fill out a questionnaire, they match you with a licensed therapist, and you can switch anytime, no additional charge. So, celebrate the progress that you've already made by visiting betterhelp.com slash yanks today, and you'll get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash yanks. What's going on, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Talking Yanks. This is Sharp Stats with Katie Sharp and Jake and myself, where we will be discussing the smarter side of baseball, the numbers, the statistics. This is the first time we're doing it as its own episode. We are excited to have this be its own little entity on the Talking Yanks universe. So let's uh, let's get into it. We got some good stuff today. We got talk about Glaber's power surge and what he's been doing talk about how the starters have been holding things down this year and the sustainability of this win streak. So we're going to go one at a time through it. But first, Katie, how are you doing today? I am. I'm doing good. And for me, it's actually tonight. Yes. 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 Uh, I have not revealed this yet, but um, I'm actually for this for the probably for the next about three and a half weeks. I am going to be in the country of Bahrain. Which, if uh, any of you guys don't know where that is, it's in the Middle East. I've had a couple questions about that. And, uh, yeah, it is night probably afternoon on the East Coast and it, at night in Bahrain. Um, full disclosure, I am here with my husband, who is uh, he's a captain in the Navy, and uh, he gets to spend a, spend a couple months here. So I decided to uh, join him for a few weeks and experience uh, this, uh, this great country. It's an island. Uh, next to Qatar, which people know from the World Cup, kind of, right? That's why I know yeah. Qatar. And it looks like you said it was all sand and so- and skyscrapers, which is what the pictures reveal. But it looks like one of those beautiful cities. Oh, well, I mean, I'm not sure about the, the actual city part being beautiful, but uh, it is surrounded by water. There's tons of beaches. People like to call it the Las Vegas of the Middle East. Um, I guess that... It's a lot of tourists here, you know, a lot of those uh, those funky Europeans like to escape here and go to the casinos and the beaches and lots of food, lots of good restaurants and yeah, should be a good time, hopefully. In three weeks, will you be delivering Sharp Stats with a, a little hint of a Bahrain accent? Um, probably not, but <laughs> um, we'll see. Considering that it's it's not so much fun to go outside when it's 100 degrees, but uh, we are trying to see the, some of the sights and get out to the restaurants and go into town a little bit. But um, yeah, we have pretty much the forecast every day is about 100 and uh, a low of 85. Jeez. You I said you like Bahrain. It's real nice. Out. There goes, I'm going to cancel yeah. my trip to Bahrain. Can't do that. Come on, beaches. <laughs> wow. I, I heard you. you you said you saw a couple Yankees hats, right? Did you give did you give him some love or no? I gave him the nod. I gave him the Yankees. Nice. nice, nice, strong, strong. That's a strong Connecticut gal play. That's my move too. The brand is worldwide. 
All right, so we have some good stuff. The Yankees just continue to win, so the topics are are pretty fun. Now, uh, I want to say this. Hap had another brutal start versus the Orioles in this series. If uh, you're interested to know what's going on with Hap, like I think three sharp stats ago, we did. you told us all about how Hap is struggling and looking poorly. I saw some people asking about that. And it's still relevant. That episode we did three weeks ago or so is still relevant, which is upsetting. So if you're, if you're interested in uh, what's going on with Hap, I saw some people asking you that on Twitter yesterday. So I'm just reminding them we covered it. But we're going to do some fun stuff today, and we're going to start um, with the starting pitching because Jake has been all over this recently. He went and found the ERAs in the last month and over the course of the season. And it's, it's not getting – credit and i don't know if it was you katie or jake in our email exchange that said this but it's the young guys and the and everyone stepping up you know is getting a ton of credit but it's kind of reminiscent of Moneyball, where it's like well the, the pitchers are doing a lot as well like that, don't just give all the credit to the hitters so what's what's going on with the starting pitching how happy should we be about what we're seeing i think we should be we should be happy based on the results so far I'm not going to say that the Yan- that the Yankees are going to be like the next incarnation of uh, you know a super a super rotation like those 2011 Phillies or or whatnot. But um, but first, I think that before we kind of get into this discussion, let's kind of just put this into perspective to, to what the Yankees have had to weather even on the pitching side. I mean, they have arguably what who their ace was going to be coming into the season has not thrown a has not thrown a pitch for the team yet. Their second best starter, uh, who they acquired this offseason, has been out for the last three weeks. And they currently have a guy who's gotten 10 starts, the most on the team, who has the sixth highest ERA in the majors and the third highest fifth in the majors and the second highest home run rate. And I think we all know who we all know who that is. I don't have to say his name. <clears throat> <laughs> um, uh, but, um, so hey, just to, just to put these numbers into perspective before I kind of spew out a lot of this data, just kind of put that in the back of your head. So, you know, as you said, you know, Jake mentioned this on, uh, I think it was one of the, it's the Rays recap, uh, that awesome episode that you guys did, um, that this, this starting pitching rotation has been extremely awesome right now. I'm looking at the numbers and they have the fifth best ERA in the majors. And you kind of have to take make it fourth best because the Rays are the best and they don't really they shouldn't really be considered, you know, starters because they do so many openers. I mean, not every not every one of their starts is an opener, but they do a fair amount of their opener starts, which kind of inflates or you know, deflates some of their numbers. So whatnot. But uh, we'll go with fifth best ERA. And that's second to the Rays in the AL. They have the third best adjusted ERA. So adjusting for the park. They're the third best in the uh, in the majors, and they're also top five in on base percentage allowed, batting average allowed, just a ton of stats. And uh, they've been what's really been driving them is that they've been at their best when sort of the situation is the toughest. So they have the lowest batting average allowed and the lowest woba allowed. Woba we've talked about before. That's uh, weighted on base percentage allowed with runners on base. So when you get runners on base, they just literally are not allowing hits. They have the second best uh, left on base percentage, so strand rate. Wow. Um, which is pretty remarkable. 
Uh, they've just been they've been tough, man. They, they they're just so gutty. For how um, much everyone gets up in arms about uh, the offense leaving runners on base, I haven't you know even heard one celebration about how good our pitchers are at stranding runners. And it seemed that I didn't know. Yeah. I didn't pick up on that. That seems something that should be the celebrated. Starting pitchers. The starting pitchers are literally the best. The Rays have a letter, a better left on base percentage, but you know we always have to caveat with them. They're starters, so yeah, it's been pretty amazing. And uh, the, this one stat that I just have to throw out, which is just remarkable, um, and it kind of speaks to sort of you know the depth of the rotation besides half. And that we have four essentially elite pitchers who are, well, pitchers that are pitching at a, a very, very, very good level. The Yankees have four starters that have made at least five starts and an adjusted ERA of 140 or better. So that's 40% better than the league average. Uh, that's what that ERA plus of 140 means. We have four of those guys. No one else in the majors has more than two on their squad. And there are 10 teams that have zero. <laughs> so I think it's, uh, it's pretty remarkable that we have this quartet of guys. It's, her, it's the people you'd expect. It's Herman, it's uh, Paxton, it's Sabathia, and it is Tanaka. All have made at least four starts with an ERA plus. It's an adjusted ERA of 140 or better. So I think that that, that speaks to just how well this rotation has been uh, has been doing this season um, in the face of, you know, what you would might say is uh, quite a bit of adversity. Yeah. And Tanaka is coming off two really good performances versus the Rays outdueling Blake Snell in both of them. And we were talking about him, I think maybe your first or second time doing sharp stats with us. And it, we were really worried that if he doesn't find his splitter, that's going to be worrisome. And now he's kind of, Found it gradually. I still don't think it's fully there, but the last two starts for the Rays, it started coming, started relying on it more for swing and misses. And now with Tanaka, I'm more impressed that he was able to get to put up that April without his splitter than anything. Yeah, no, well, knowing we, now that he's about to find it. Exactly. We talked about that and I believe it was the last one when his slider has been just unreal this season. And what's even more remarkable is I kind of looked, you know, how I mentioned some of those uh, on some of those um, left on base numbers. He's actually very good with that, but he has been he has not benefited from very good defense behind him. He has one. I think he has the highest BABIP, which is batting average on balls and play, on the team of any of the starters. So he's kind of been hurt a lot by the defense, whereas the rest of the team has uh, has generally benefited from from some very very good defense. Uh, behind them, which is sort of the next point that I want to make is that, you know, while we like to uh, kind of spout out these, 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 these great runners in scoring position numbers and it's great left on base percentage, there actually is not a lot of sort of analytical or sabermetric evidence that uh, those numbers are really sustainable, mm -hmm. which is unfortunate, but um, you know, Anything can happen um, for the rest of the season, but there is probably going to be expected to be some regression there as, as the numbers sort of even out uh, because the defense has been exceptional, um, especially with the runners in scoring position. Um, and that's it, that we can look at that with the uh, expected stats that we get on StatCast where they have a, 
sort of a big difference between their expected stats um, with runners exports in scoring position and their their actual. But it, their actual art is still very good. Um, it's just their expected are are a bit are a bit higher. I was going to say I don't want to burst anybody's bubble, but it, you can't expect them to kind of keep stranding eighty percent of the runners um, on base for the rest of the season. Maybe seventy five percent, which would still be exceptional. But yeah, and I, I think we're I think we're going to talk a little bit. If I, if I was smarter, I'd just snag that segue and go because we're going to talk about what's sustainable and what's not. But I'm not that smart. Has been pointed out multiple times on talking Yanks and Sharp stats. Um, cause Katie, I, I want to, you, you mentioned a lot about the starters there and it, it really is mind blowing, especially when you do factor in Severino and Paxton have Sevy hasn't thrown a ball yet. Paxton showed what he can do and the reason we got him. And now he's been on the shelf for, you know, three weeks max quote unquote, but Herman obviously stepping up. We all know that. I, I guess for me, and, and cause we wanted to talk pitching a little bit. Do, do you have a little more on the bullpen just because, I mean, it, it's, it's obviously been seen. I mean, Tommy Canely obviously stepping up has been huge for this team. Um, at the same time, Tommy Canely up, Chad Green down, literally and figuratively. But I mean, Ottavino, Britain has settled down. Chapman has been nothing but scary and standstill at the end of games. I, I mean, how how are they measuring up league wise? And I guess. I, we've expected this from our bullpen for two seasons now, and now it's kind of finally happening, uh, Sands, Dellen, and with whatever Chad Green is now. Yeah, one thing that I will say is that um, they've, been, they've been much better recently. Um, we know that, you know, Britain, I think he's working at eight, score, eight straight scoreless appearances. Conley is on a, or is it, um, it's out of Vito's on a, 11 straight appear, uh, scoreless appearances. So those guys have been literally lights out. And, and we've, we've seen Chapman. I mean, he's sort of, he's got a, I think he's got a sub 150 ERA at this point. He's been hitting triple digits consistently in his last five, seven starts. And so one thing that I do want to point out is that the bullpen management has actually been very good this year. After, you know, after we got through the sort of the, the love affair with Jonathan Holder um, that Boone had early in the season. Um, his uh, his usage in high leverage situation had sort of mellowed over the past couple of weeks. And when you look at it, the player with the highest leverage index um, when he enters the game is now Adam Adovino, which is a really good thing because he has uh, a 1.5 or a 1.61 ERA, which is uh, second only to Conley sort of the, the deployment of the relievers, it's become a little bit more regular. I think you've seen that with, uh, you know, with, with Boone in that Adovino has truly become that fireman. Um, and we see it in the stats with that, with that leverage index number. Uh, and, uh, and Holder has gotten, his leverage index has actually declined since I think I was looking at it a lot in April when it was just way too high. Um, and his ERA was in the fives at that point. And to his credit, it is now it's now three point nine one, shocking, and and his fifth is even better. It's a it's a two point eight seven fifth at this point right now, and so uh, I think that the, the the relievers have really really stepped up. And there was uh, there was one stat that I wanted to show in that uh, here one here it is. It's it's about um, losses 
it's this this stat on baseball reference, which is pretty cool for starters. Um, and it's losses saved in terms of uh, or actually, hold on, let me bring this up. But um, what it does is it kind of looks at how a pitcher, a pitcher that exits with the lead. And, uh, oh, it's not coming up here. Are we getting it on a baseball <laughs> reference? Oh, here we go. It's um, what it is, is it's losses saved. And this is uh, both, it's, it basically is at the time of the last batter, was the starter in position for a loss? And did the team come back to tie and take the lead? Right. So the starter got kind of saved from a loss. And the Yankees actually had eight of those, which is one of the higher numbers. And that's a testament both to, I think, you know, the bullpen and to the late inning magic, you know, obviously that we've seen. They just saved Haps. Yep. They saved Herman. They saved Herman in Tampa. So I think that the bullpen is enough. The bullpen doesn't get enough credit for that stat. And the other one is uh, that they only have what's called wins lost. So wins lost is another stat you can find on baseball reference under the uh, starting pitching stats. And what it is, is it's basically at the time that the pitch is kind of the opposite. It's at the time the pitcher faced his batter was the pitcher position in position for a win, but the game blown by the bullpen. And the Yankees only have three of those, which is one of the lowest in the league. They have to be really early in the season, too. Yeah, most teams have at least four or five of those. I think, you know, like I said before, like and like you were saying, uh, Jake, the bullpen has really improved, I think, over the past month during this run. And they are now legitimately, you know, kind of living up to their super bullpen status. Yeah, and, and Katie, I think... Now, now circling it back around a little bit, um, you mentioned the runner strand rate. Um, there's a chance that comes back to earth a little bit. There's a solid chance that comes back to earth a little bit, not necessarily to a, to a terrible detrimental degree, but to, to some, some realistic things, which kind of brings us into (laughs) just what's going on. And I know there's, there's a headline for everyone. But we're we're twenty three and eight in our last thirty one, I believe, or that's at least what I've been telling everyone on the internet. That's not true. That's bullshit because I've been repeating it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's right. But you know, <laughs> I, I I walk on eggshells around Katie. She's always got she's always got a better number than me. You're right. Um, You're right, Jake. Oh, thank you, Katie. And it's it's crazy. We're seeing. I mean, last night we can't even talk about because I mean, Cameron may have been baiting a throw from Dwight Smith Jr. that looked like. I, I don't even know how to describe that. I was going to say myself throwing out there, but that would be rude to me. So I, we, we can't even say that, but it's just been this incredible streak. There's been small ball stretches. There's been Cameron Mabin stretches, the Urshela show, you know, Mike Talkman, Tyler Wades. We've been through it all, and it's it's been a good time, and we have low-key been ignoring the pitching, which we just talked about. With the hitting in this lineup and this winning, um, and, you know, people are pointing to the schedule, too, and it's like, damned if you do, damned if you don't. Sorry we're beating these teams this year. But, Katie, what is sustainable from this that we can say, yep, going forward, even if we add a guy or two, this should continue? Or what should we be looking at and be saying, uh, this this is where the wheels might might fall off a little bit? Well, you're you right in that, that in that 23-8 and record uh, since... Yeah. Uh, starting on yes, starting on April 16th, 
which happens to be uh, one day before my birthday. So I think I, uh-huh. I might have brought them some luck. But yeah, that is, uh, as I said before, that's the best record in baseball in that time. And that's that's not a small sample. You know, that's over a month of really, really solid play. And what I like to look at, you know, one of the things you can look at in, in looking at, you know, what can you expect going forward? What have you seen? Is uh, is expected win percentage based on runs scored and uh, and runs allowed, their run differential. So what I was, what I found is that when they were six and nine, you know, before this stretch, their run differential was actually plus ten. So they were probably a better team than what they had actually played to. And um, so a plus ten run differential equates to a, is like a five six seven win percentage, which meant they should have had a, probably about eight or nine wins at that time instead of six, which would have put them solidly above 500. It wouldn't put them in the lead or anything like that because the Rays were the Rays and the Mariners were off to phenomenal starts at that point. But, uh, but they, they should have had a better record. And one of the reasons was that they were losing a ton of close games. They were two and six in games decided by two runs or fewer at that point. That's through April 15th. Since then, they're 12 and three in games decided by 12, uh, two runs or fewer. So a much better result. As we said, the bullpen has stepped up. Um, the clutch hitting, the late inning hitting has stepped up at that point um, during this run. But, um, but yeah, they were probably, what I would like to say is they were probably a better team than they were, uh, than their record said at six and nine. And the other sort of uh, dose of reality we have to look at at that team at game number 15 was the players that had gotten the most plate appearances at that time. And I just want to run through a couple things here. So this is a little bit of a reality check. After 15 games, Tyler Wade had as many plate appearances as Gio Gio Urshela. Uh, Tyler Wade, well, almost. (laughs) Tyler Wade had 19. Gio had 20 at that point. Um, he wasn't even starting. He had not started consecutive games at that point, I don't think. Um, this was April 16th. Uh, Greg Bird. Greg Bird had twice as many plate appearances as Gio. And a judge led the team in uh, in plate appearances at that point. Crazy. So that was the situation we were dealing with. So I just um, went back. Six and nine. I went back to find when the turn the corner craze was happening, when everyone was so mad at Boone for saying we're about to turn the corner. And I think it was around April 13th is what my Twitter's telling me. It was uh, April 13th when he had said it like three times in a row and people were getting pissed. Yeah. Well, that was right after they lost four in a row. Yeah. They lost. They got swept by Houston and lost that first game uh, against Chicago, Chicago at yeah, home. Yeah, yeah. So that's where I have it. So since then, the Yankees are 24 and nine. So yeah. Turner corner, Turner Two games. Court. Turner corner turned Turner corned Jake. So Boone is what Nostradamus or something like that. We well, should always well, listen to Boone now. No. Well, you're well, you're you're <laughs> saying that like it wasn't he wasn't just talking out of his ass like they were playing better no, yeah. than their results were getting. It, there was something absolutely. to that. Yeah, funny. absolutely, and that's what it that's what it showed. Uh, so yeah, so I I loved looking at those plate appearance stats to see what our team looked at looked like um, after 15 games. Yeah, it's crazy. Luke Voigt was hitting 204, by the way. I don't think he's hitting 204 anymore. So, what is his batting average up to? These well, days? it's not great right now. 
but he was he was slumping pretty hard at the beginning of the season, I think. Yeah, but look at the see. This is why this is a perfect example. He's got a two fifty six well, batting, batting average. average sucks. Yeah, batting yeah. average <laughs> sucks. But because he, was, he, he only had a couple hundred homers at that point, I think though. So on the season right now, Void has a two fifty six batting average, which you you just go meh. But he's got a three seventy nine on base percentage and an eight seventy three well, OPS. So he's he leads he leads the team in walks. I believe he leads the team in walks, doesn't he? he Are you tw- looking at yeah, that? Yeah, 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 yeah. He has twenty eight walks. Holy shit! The next person is Brett Gardner with eighteen. Yeah, yeah. Void has ten so more walks uh, than the next guy. Yeah. Uh, he also leads it uh, grounded into double plays. Yeah, that. that's what happens. That's um, what happens when you run in quicksand. <laughs> yeah, and when you bet second or third. <laughs> yep. But we love him for other things. He is not fat and lazy like our wonderful catcher. Yeah. <laughs> oh, here's a fun stat for everyone. Jake, who leads the team in intentional walks? Tell me it's Gio Urshela. No, it's um, who leads the team in intentional walks? Wow, would it be Clint? No, uh, you'd have to guess Gary, right? Mike Ford. Oh, wow. No, he doesn't. Do? Does he have like two or something? He has two. Those two that he got in the first two games that he played or something? Yeah, the first two. Game? First the Angels, I think. Nobody, Nobody else, else has, has two? two? Nope. Glaber, Clint, wow. Voight, Judge, and Gary all have one. Wow. How about wow. that? Wow. That's a stat to remember. Um, That's funny. Well, getting back to Jake, getting back to your point about uh, the whole, uh, the lovely word of sustainable. Um, unfortunately, they are probably not going to play at a 120 win pace for the rest of the season, which is what they currently are at uh, over their Damn. last 31 games. Damn. I, dang, yeah, dang it, man. I don't think that they're quite as going to be, you know, set the record for wins in a season. And that's kind of borne out by, like I said before, the run differential. Their run differential is a plus 41 in these 31 games, which is more like a 20-win team instead of a 20-win, 23-win team, so which is still excellent. I mean, that's basically right. winning like 65% of your games for the entire season, um, which anyone would take. So there is going to be some regret, like we like to, as we like to say, but, uh, but we know that this team is far different than the one that we saw in those first 15 games. And with the number of players that are expected back over the next two months um, up through the All-Star break, which is, you know, when everyone is supposed to be back by, except for for poor Andujar, I think that, you know, this team, it's possible that they could sort of beat that, beat some of these expectations that people might have for uh, for some of this regression. Um, So I think, you know, definitely we're not going to win 120 games. But there is absolutely the potential to uh, to win to win a hundred and, and repeat last year's season. That's good news. That's good news. All right, Jake. Before we move on to Glaber, Jake, I want to play a little trivia with you guys. Oh boy! Let's, let's see if you guys can name the nine hitters. No cheating. Who have the most at bats? How many do you think you can name for the Yankees this year? The nine hitters who have the most at bats. Nine hitters with the most at bats. Um, I I think I'd do all right. All right, let's let's hear it. Here we go. I'll I'll go in lockstep with Katie here. I mean, it's got to be Voight. Voight is second. Gary. Gary Sanchez is fifth. Brett Gardner. 
Brett Gardner is fourth. DJ LeMayhew. DJ LeMayhew is third. Look at me just going in our lineup order and around the infield. What what kind of order was that? Glaber Torres. Glaber is one. Glaber has the most at bats on the team. So that's that's five I've got, right? You have you have the one through five. The six, seven, eight, nine is what you need now. I'm pretty sure Mikey Talkman's in there. Yeah. How'd you get that? Oh wow. Talk- I, I, I remember the win. He has the eighth most at bats on the team. Take I remember the win. I remember being shocked by that, um, and I mean that's that's nuts. Um, I mean, you'd assume is Clint on there? Yeah, Clint has seven. Wow, Jake, you haven't even gotten one wrong yet. Two more. Let's do it. You need the uh, sixth most and the ninth most. Sixth most and the ninth most at bats. Um, damn, this is tough, man. This is tough. Um, Katie, any any help from the audience? Is my phone a friend? I think I think Geo might still be up, might be up there now. Am I going to get be wrong? I, or Judge Judge too? I think still is up there. Those are the last two. Wow! Look at that. Geo is six, and Judge is. Nine. I'm surprised you got Talkman. You must have looked at it at some point and been shocked. I remember looking at the stats. I because th- I think because uh, I mean Talkman's been off the. T- Talkman's been off the team for what a week. Yeah. Besides the doubleheader, um, and yeah, I think a week ago he was <laughs> higher in at bats, and it was. I I looked at Talkman's stats because everyone he, Gardner was out playing him, but nobody wanted to talk that because Gardner's an old man who got paid, and everyone's mad about it. But I'm not going down there today. <laughs> Cameron Maben currently has one less at bat than Tyler Wade. How about that? Cameron Maben's helped win. So many more I can't games. <laughs> I can't wait until he passes in that him in that stat. Well, it'll be today. It'll be today. I'm guessing Cameron's going to start. We'll, we'll see. Yeah. Clint's going to get in there. So I don't know what. I got some breaking news. What's that? Nestor Cortez to the Rail Riders. David Hale contract selected for the 25 man. Andujar to the 60 day. Hailstorm back up. I thought Our he went to friend. Korea. He came back. <laughs> back. Back. Um, international Yanks, man. That's right. Wow. Do you know how international the team is? Someone pointed that out the other day. Yeah, we. And it's we. We might have to turn that it, into an ep at some point. It, it is nuts. Yeah, I don't know. Is how, it really? Yeah, I don't know how it compares across the league, but I think I can pull this up real quick. But we. Oh. I tried to do this one day. <laughs> no, because someone did like our. Bat- oh wait, but on baseball ref on baseball reference, they have the flags, don't they? Yeah, yeah it's really yeah. some of the players. Yeah, it's easy. So like, we have uh, Voit was U.S., but then Gio Urshela is Colombian, and then uh, Gary Sanchez is Dominican. Tyro and Glaber are Venezuela. James Paxton's Canada. We have uh, Japan. And Kendris Morales is, what is CU? I think he's Cuba. 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 Come on, Cuba. Uh, Sessa With Nestor. Is, Sessa is Mexico. Like it, was, it was one John, lot. When Johnny Lasagna's up, he's, he's Nicaragua, Nicar- I think. He's, Nicaragua, he's an yeah. oddball, too. Yeah, so um, when... Uh, I tried to, I, what I was saying, I tried to compare it against other teams one day, and I got lost pretty quick. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't do that. 
No, but it was someone said like our we had like five hitters in a row all from a different country at one point. Look at that. Oh wow. Maybe that's it's four. fun. Yeah, it's kind of cool. That's that's why Katie's on that secret scouting trip we can't tell anyone about. Yeah. yeah. That's you know, right. the first the first Bahrain. Next. <laughs> yeah, I haven't I have not seen there is no baseball on TV, but there is lots of cricket and soccer, of course. But uh, thanks to the magic of uh, MLB.tv, I can still watch the Yankees in the middle of the night, early yeah. morning. That's nice. Very early morning. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's talk about Glaber Torres. He has, the, he has been the star, and like we just said, he has the most at-bats on the team right now. He just had another two-homer day. He is – let's find his stats on the season as of now. He is hitting 298 with a 333 on base percentage and an 871 OPS, slugging 537. He's got 10 home runs on the season so far and 23 RBIs. The walks are down. It's the only thing I'm seeing here with that that on base percentage and the walks are down, but everything else is great. Katie, what's Glaber doing? Well, what I really want to focus on is um, what he's been doing in the last month. Because what he's been doing the last month has been absolutely phenomenal. Um, And I'm not sure people really realize this. He has reached base safely in 21 of his last 22 games. Um, And that actually splits his season up really nicely. Because in his first 22 games of the season, he was pretty horrible. I'm not sure people remember this. But he was sort of a he was sort of a dead weight in that lineup. He just wasn't he wasn't hitting consistently, um, and uh, and since then uh, the the turnaround at this point is uh, was April twenty second was trip. when he sort of hit West when he hit his low. It was the fourteen inning game against the Angels. He went zero for five. Um, I believe he had a walk or he might have had a a sack fly in that game, but. Um, uh, before that, and I'm just going to throw out what I want to do is I just want to throw out some stats right here um, just to kind of show you how awful he was and then kind of comparing all the games. So we got to have a really nice uh, a good comparison here. So in those first 22 games of the season, his line was a 238 batting average, a 270 OBP, ugh, and a 429 slugging um, in about 84 at bats. And uh, just to put that into perspective, there were uh, 185 players at that point who had 70 uh, plate appearances. His OPS ranked 127th. His OBP ranked 158th. And his weighted runs created plus of 81, which is, we've mentioned this stat before. It's basically a, a league adjusted um, measure of offensive production. It was 81, which is uh, about 20% worse than league average. And that ranked 141st out of 185 players in that sample. So that's what we're looking at in the first 22 games for uh, for Mr. Glaber. Uh, and since then, again, 22-game sample, he has uh, a 356 batting average, a 391 on base, and a 644 slugging, uh, 87 at-bats. And then just to Put that into perspective again. Uh, it's been 205 players with 70 play appearances since then in those uh, 22 games, that 22 game span uh, since April 23rd. And his 
his OPS is 12th, and his weighted runs created plus of 172, so that's 72% better than league average. That's tied for the eighth best in the majors in that span. So he's literally been a top 10 hitter for more than, so for about the last month um, that we've seen. Uh, so the, the, the turnaround has been really dramatic. And I'm, the, I'm just not sure that people have appreciated how much he's been carrying this team um, over the last uh, three, four weeks that we've seen. Yeah, I don't. I think it needs to be getting a lot more attention than it is. I haven't seen it anywhere outside of us. They're not even really focusing on Yes Network. Like he's been unreal for a month now. And Jake yeah. said last episode, "Well, Geo's doing some crazy stuff, and it's unexpected." So that's kind of getting outshined by his neighbor. Yeah, yeah. I think that you're. I think the reason why he's getting overlooked is because he's sort of that guy that's expected to be really good. Um, but for me, what stands out is sort of some of these improvements that he's made from when you put it in contrast with that awful 22 game start, um, some of the stuff that he's improved on. And I just want to point out a few things here to show, just to show, uh, where this improvement is coming and how he's made himself basically into a top 10 player. Uh, the biggest thing for me, and uh, I like to look at some of these, you know, these discipline stats, he's cut his strikeout percentage from 25% in those first 22 games to 17% in these last 22 games, which is pretty significant because the league average is about 22%. So he's gone from being, you know, above, you know, worse than league average to comfortably well below league average. And if he can kind of sustain that going forward, that's a really, um, that's a really good indicator that he has matured as a hitter. Uh, the other big thing, that you'll see is uh, what he's basically done is he's just made a lot of more solid contact. And instead of hitting the ball a lot harder, his exit velocity really hasn't changed much. He's just, he's hitting that sweet spot a lot more. And I think we mentioned this a couple episodes ago when we were talking about uh, Luke Voigt and his, uh, what he's been doing this season. And uh, StatCast has what's called a sweet spot uh, percentage which is basically the percentage of bad balls that you hit uh, between a launch angle of 8 and 32 degrees, which is kind of determined to be sort of an optimal launch angle. Um, Major League players have a 1,000 slugging percentage when they hit the ball uh, with that launch between the launch angle of 8 and 32 degrees, uh, regardless of how hard they hit it. And during this span over these last... uh, you know, comparing the first 22 games to the last 22 games, he's increased his sweet spot percentage from 30% of batted balls to 46%. That's a phenomenal increase. Um, you know, 46% is basically what Luke Voigt has done the entire season, which is one of the top 10 marks uh, in the league for the season. So I think that that has kind of just shown, again, that's shown just a real maturity in his approach and that he's getting the barrel to the ball He's hitting it solidly, and he's cut his strikeouts. And just one more thing I want to show that's really, really emphasizing this uh, this mature approach is that he's absolutely crushing breaking stuff. So he's recognizing these curvy, these bendy pitches, the the break, the curveballs, and the sliders. And he has a 488 woba um, in his last two games against breaking pitches, which, if people don't know, that's really good. The league average is about 
300. <laughs> and he has the fifth, fifth best mark on breaking pitches, the fifth best Woba on breaking pitches since April 23rd. And in his first 22 games, he had a 171 Woba, uh, weighted mm-hmm. on base percentage, weighted on base average against breaking pitches. Um, and if you remember on Monday, uh, as after we record this, both of his home runs against the Orioles came on breaking pitches. They were yeah. on a curve and a slider. So do you think um, that, so that just should we expect another stretch like the first 20 games? Or is this, is I mean, this can't be like who Glaber is because that would be an amazing full season. But hopefully it's not a Brett Gardner situation where you have 20 games of poor production and then 20 games of like great production. Like I'd hope he can level off and find a middle ground for the rest of the season, you know, or not go into as bad as he was at the beginning. Absolutely. I mean, that's, that's the question everybody wants to know. Um, and, and Katie sharp stats is here to, to tell you. <laughs> so what I am going to say is that he is overperforming his expected stats, which is inevitable when you're having such a phenomenal run, unless your name is Cody Bellinger. But, um, but his expected stats are still extremely good. So I mentioned his actual stats during this 22 games, the 356, 391, um, and it's a 435 weighted on base average. But his expected stats are still phenomenal. I'll, I'll just run through those right now. It's a 296 expected batting average, which would be really good. A 554 expected slugging, again, very good. And a 374 expected WOBA. So those are all excellent marks, less than what he's actually doing, but still excellent marks um, when you consider he's your 22-year-old shortstop. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we, we just have to remind everybody, he is your 22-year-old shortstop um, playing for the New York Yankees. And some huge counting stats here for me. He is 44 games into this season, and uh, we'll just say milestone watch. He's, he's five doubles away from breaking his all-time career high in doubles. He is three stolen bases away from breaking his all-time career high in stolen bases, which would put him or four away, put him at seven. And he's two triples away, Jake, from breaking his career high total single season of triples. Yeah, I mean, that's a way to look at it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, he's no triples on the year. Uh, Jimmy, it's, it's well, it was an odd route you took, but I was actually thinking, thinking someone similar. Glaber Torres leads the team in extra base hits. Glaber has 21. Second on the team is Voigt with 17. Um, and then Gary, Gary, Gary's got 16 and Gardy with 15. Um, so I, I don't know. We, we, got, we fell in love with the extra base hits last year because of the Andujar show. And uh, Glaber is setting a, a hellacious pace right now. Yeah. And what about the, the stolen bases? You didn't say anything about that. Yeah, and I won't. I'm good. Glaber? Are you Glaber good? Oh, oh I, I wish. wish. I wish. Yeah. Don't yeah. Have to be Glaber He's got three more games against the Orioles, so I fully expect him to get three more home runs, two more doubles, and one more stolen base in the next three days. Absolutely. I can't wait to hear every Gary Thorne call of a Gleaver at oh, that. Man. That was really good. That was phenomenal what you put up there, uh, Jimmy. 
Yeah, it was really good. All right. I think that about ends this episode of Sharp Stats. We uh, That was good stuff. Glaber's playing great. Team's playing great. And the pitching is doing well. What a, what a fun time to talk Yanks. Everything's going good, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. Absolutely. It, it, that we will find ourselves on the opposite side. At some point this season, that is how it goes. But, Katie, enjoy your night in Bahrain. We will be back next week. And, Jake, yes. I will see you, like, in 20 seconds for the pregame show, probably. Sounds, Sounds good. good. Thank you guys for listening. If you're enjoying, leave a review and a rating. Five stars only are allowed. If you do less, kicked out of the show. And anything else? Anything else? Call in 908-845-5792. If you have a, a question that uh, would lend itself to research for Katie, uh, send those in. Since these are their full episodes now, maybe we can have a little one hitters that aren't the main topic and uh, say hi to say hi to Katie on Twitter and everyone else yeah. and have a great day and go Yankees. And let me pull up my soundboard here and, and, and <laughs> oh, wow. It wasn't even open. Program's not even open. We got to stall. No, here we go. And go Yanks. Tell them grandma. Go Yankees. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you're thinking about giving therapy a try, check out BetterHelp. It's entirely online, convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You fill out a questionnaire, they match you with a licensed therapist, and you can switch anytime, no additional charge. So, celebrate the progress that you've already made by visiting BetterHelp.com slash Yanks today, and you'll get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash Yanks.